Welcome to the latest episode of Podcast Abbreviated, where you are about to hear an abbreviation of Eric Weinstein's marquee episode on the DISC, the Distributed Idea Suppression Complex. We are going to give you the best, most condensed version of Eric's hour-long podcast, followed by a discussion breaking down the key concepts so that you can apply this to your life. Let's jump right in. I think that the first thing that I want to signal is that we are finally ready to take on something which I have always found terrifying. And that has to do with idea suppression. Now, before we get to idea suppression and how it functions and what it is, let me take you back to the end of World War II. So shortly after World War II, a guy named Derek DeSola Price starts to calculate that science is on an exponential trajectory. And rather than thinking that that's a great thing, he starts to understand that anything on an exponential trajectory can't really go on because it's going to burn itself out. And if science is the original uh, seed corn, if you will, of technology and technology of economics, then effectively what's going to happen in science is going to percolate through a chain through technology and into the economy with a potential stagnation coming. Studying this work led to the idea of egos, that is, embedded growth obligations. Now, embedded growth obligations are the way in which institutions plan their future predicated on legacies of growth. And since the period between the end of World War II in 1945 and the early 70s had such an unusually beautiful growth regime, Many of our institutions became predicated upon low-variance, technology-led, stable, broadly distributed growth. Now, this is a world we have not seen in an organic way since the early 1970s. And yet, because it was embedded in our institutions, what we have is a world in which the expectation is still present in the form of an embedded growth obligation. That is the pension plans, the corporate ladders are all still built very much around a world that has long since vanished. All right. What then happened was, is that a different structure, which I have termed the gated institutional narrative came to become repurposed. Now the gated institutional narrative is like an exchange a financial exchange, if you will, except it's an exchange of information and ideas. And in order to actually participate in this particular special conversation, you need to have a seat on the exchange. That is, you need to write for an important paper like the Wall Street Journal, or you need to be uh, a senator or a congressman so that you can gain access to the news media, or you need to be sitting at a news desk. In any of these situations, whether you're a professor or a reporter or a politician, if you can gain a seat inside of the gated institutional narrative, you can attempt to converse with other people within that particular conversation. The rest of us do not really have the same level or kind of access to this highly rarefied discussion. And I've previously compared this to what we would term a promotion inside of the world of professional wrestling. It's an agreed upon structure in which people often agree to simulate dispute uh, rather than actually have disputes because somebody could get really seriously injured. But they're in fact working together to produce a, an engaging and regular product for mass consumption. The problem with this gated institutional narrative 
is that in general, it doesn't contain the most important ideas. And that is where the gating function comes in. The most important ideas are likely to be the ideas that are most disruptive. What if the entire food pyramid, for example, was wildly off? What if fats were not the great danger we thought they were? And those waving fields of wheat that are fabled in American song, in fact, give rise to carbs, which are very dangerous to us all. So if everything were inverted, let's say, where in a world where instead of banishing volatility during the so-called great moderation before 2008, we were actually building the tinder for the world's largest financial forest fire. What if, in fact, we had all sorts of things exactly backwards and completely wrong? And that's where the gating function comes in. What was originally a function intended to ensure quality control of the narrative became an instrument for something else. And this is where I want to introduce the most important concept that I think we will be dealing with on a going forward basis in 2020 on this program, the DISC. What is the DISC? The DISC stands for the Distributed Idea Suppression Complex. The DISC protects institutions from individuals who are making valid and reasonable points. So if you imagine that the institutions have become incredibly fragile because they're in fact built for growth and that plan for their growth, if it obligates them to tell untruths and to hide certain characteristics because they are not in fact able to grow at the rates in which they are supposed to, you need some complex for making sure that that information doesn't reach the bottom entrance to a pyramid structure. Now, through the efforts of Dana Boyd and the Data and Society Group, we've learned about a doctrine called strategic silence. And that is that there are certain things that the media may not want to happen. And therefore, rather than simply reporting the facts of the matter, they make editorial decisions so as not to give fodder or fuel for some undesirable outcome. Our markets are in great danger at the moment, in my opinion, because they are being meddled with and they are returning results that indicate that only a tiny fraction of us are worthy of reaping the true rewards of the markets, while many of us feel that we're being left behind. If you look at the wealth structure of the silent generation, boomer generation, generation X, and the millennials or Gen Y, you see that the millennials have at this age amassed far smaller percentages of the wealth than the boomers did at the same age. And I don't think it's because they're lazy or they're not talented. So we have a very dangerous situation shaping up where our younger generations are not fully bought in. We've created a world in which it's simply too hard for regular people to advance properly because the society is not growing. And we began to concentrate all sorts of power in one generation's ideas. Now, generations aren't magical things. What they are are instead cohorts that are exposed to some set of circumstances that is peculiar to the time in which they are growing up. So, for example, if your primary experience is that you work hard as a kid um, with a paper route and an internship, you go to college, you work your way up a ladder and everything works out fine. And pretty soon, uh, before you know it, uh, you've got three kids in two homes. Uh, that's your idea of what a normal life is. Now, this is sort of the basis of the meme, OK Boomer, because many of the rest of us who followed this generation have no idea how you would accomplish that in these times. 
We have a long and storied history that has gone wildly off the rails with the crisis in current sense-making. We have been frightened about individuals coming to rival our institutions in terms of power. And that's what's so great about the new revolution in long-form podcasting and all of these other forms of social media. Now, we have a great danger in that most of these platforms are mediated. We saw what happened to Alex Jones. It's quite possible that if these powerful institutions come to believe that a particular individual should be removed, they can always choose to enforce the rules in a different way. What I now believe is that the gated institutional narrative has been spoiling for a fight. We are quickly coming to the point where we have a David and Goliath moment. We now need to try to re-inflict the individuals who are uncorrelated, who are not particularly good at taking orders, who don't like committee meetings, who don't want to sign loyalty oaths, but who are passionately committed to the public good and to some version of intellectual meta-honesty. We need these people to once again take up positions inside of the institutions. It is time to do battle with the oppressive structures that have been used to silence new ideas. If in my family I assert that there might be as many as three revolutionary Nobel quality ideas in one clutch, how many ideas might there be suppressed if that is actually true? How many people are sitting on top of intellectual gold that never got its chance to see the light of day? What I'd like to do is to try to do battle with the disc, to show you that it exists, to try to figure out how it works, and to try to show that the tools that we currently have may be powerful enough to defeat it. We are in a, an amazing position to try to do something new and to stand up for a lot of people who may have given up on their own original ideas and to try to spark a revolution. Because if I'm right, the disc has been sitting up on top of some of our best and most hopeful ideas for a way out of our economic conundrums, our military problems, ideas which have some chance of delivering us to a much more interesting and brighter tomorrow. Eric Weinstein. Eric Weinstein 